Ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Episode Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Steve, what's going on with your feed, man? Proudly hosted by... Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering. You okay over there, man? <laughs> I ate some uh, hot, spicy food. Gotcha. I think I'm getting some reverb. Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> Should we try again? Yep. Ready? Welcome to welcome wandering, to, welcome to wanderings and wool gathering. It's getting tighter. It's getting tighter. <laughs> Ready? Go for it. Tonight we play Who's That Band? We choose our favorite movie title theme through bracketology, and we review Neil Young's Homegrown, an album forty-five years in the making, and something that certainly sits atop Tony's playlist. <laughs> I'm your host Foggy, and with me as always is JPP. Easy listening sounds for the hard of hearing. It's JPP. Hi there. How's it going? It's going great. Good. Can't wait to hear from my, my good friend T-Bags tonight. This is getting <laughs> exciting. And joining us is T-Bags. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's, it's, T-Bags, too hot for TV. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> a little better over here, I think. Ray of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> and Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his boy band time, it's... Metalhead Monday. What's up, everybody? Hey. Good uh, evening. Great night to be on the show. And finally, rounding out the cast tonight is the educator, Mr. L. Ray himself, Joe Wright. Well, what was that name again? <laughs> well, it's long enough. <laughs> that's been my. Uh, that's 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 what I operate on. You know, it's just just here and uh, just happy to be here. Um, just long just, enough. Just in case you couldn't tell, here are the lines. He he's a Cubbies man. Holy cow! A really hairy. Carry fan. Uh-huh. He flies the W flag upside down because he's Mexican. <laughs> Which I'm not, but okay. But, but I'll, I'll take it. You talk Spanish. Yeah. Your handle is El Rey. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to Okay. All right. Uh, I like it. I like it very much. I had not heard that before, and I would not have wanted to. Here, but any other way, just 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 play it. I don't, you know. That's how we all got ours. I didn't, nobody had a preview. We just That's got it sprung on us. <laughs> so, and next week you're going to probably have a new one. So I can't wait. Oh, what nationality will I be next week? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on what I send him, I guess. Yeah. I'm I, I, next week. 
I cannot wait. That's Fantastic. very good. Well, speaking of Joe Rife, Joe Rife, he has the challenge inspired by Lester Banks this week, and I cannot wait to get to it. So, uh, what do you have? Oh, this should be a good time. Uh, Lester, of course, would uh, just trash bands for their music and for their albums that they put out. But I wonder what Lester would have said if he had got to peek at the uh, you know the legal paperwork that goes into putting on a show. And you know, bands always put together this list of demands some of them are pretty mundane like we need this many you know places to plug our amps in and we need this <clears throat> light configuration and blah 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 but you know bands are people too they like to eat and drink and all that kind of stuff so backstage they set up all kinds of amenities for them and uh, they they vary across rock and roll i mean who could forget van halen's famous tour writer demand you guys remember that one Brown yep. M&M's. All right, no exactly. brown M&M's, right? Yep. So not necessarily a Lester Bangs album-inspired challenge, but just kind of about the bands themselves and the things that they enjoy before a show and after a show, too. So um, you got a piece of paper and a pencil handy. I'm going to give you a list of band names, and I'm going to give you seven descriptions from their tour writers. <laughs> seven because it's an odd nice. number. I love and, it. Uh, like for you to choose which band wanted what so i'm going to throw this tab up real quick and i tried to pick some favorites here try to be representative of everybody i'm probably going to get zero yeah. to a writer <laughs> all right so um keep your own score at the end you can be honest that way and we'll see what happens okay got it all right so here are your bands um you know obviously theater of the mind people listening to this won't be able to see but i've put together basically about a sixth grade level uh powerpoint and uh this is the list of bands and i got pictures <laughs> off the side of each so and a All lovely right. job too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is sixth grade being a little too generous i don't know uh so the the bands that we're going to talk about tonight are corn weezer nine inch nails pearl jam rush metallica <laughs> and jimmy buffett I think cool. that about covers everybody in the show, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. Okay. Wait, we have, do we have any para heads here? You guys no. say what? <laughs> <laughs> Tony, apparently I didn't know. But hey, you know, props on the proper turning of your text and stuff. So Tony's not eye twitching. We'll go yeah. with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's I'm not making... in comments on, so we're good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got those? Yes. Yeah, got them. Okay. Here we go. Now I'm going to do the whole list, and then I'll show you the answers once we're done with the uh, the demands. So here we go. Buffer slide. All right. Um, band number one. Wow. Asked for a $625 deposit with another $600 payable on the day of the show. So this was uh, in the early years. They asked for one case of beer, not specific. One case of soda, also not specific. <laughs> so I guess Miller Lite and Diet Coke. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> two quarts of orange juice. And they wanted some various meats, cheese, rolls, and the drinks in their dressing room. Um, are we just writing down our answer or how are we doing this? Yeah, just write it down. We'll, we'll, okay. We'll, do them. Okay. we'll do the big reveal at the end and you can tally up your points. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Second band needed a very large selection of un or I'm sorry, washed uncut vegetables, beets, carrots, celery, spinach, 
These were all used for juicing. And they also asked, and, and this was labeled as very important, <laughs> two boxes of cornstarch. I think that one might be a giveaway. I think so. Okay. Ready to go on? Yep. Yes, sir. Third group, third artist. Uh, they were. They are vegetarians. They eat only organic, and they have a dressing room. Number three doesn't matter. They had two others, uh, but it shall be as far away from any noise as possible, but still in a secure location. This room is set aside for meditation. Got a couple ideas on that one. Mm -hmm. Boy, I'm gonna fail miserably here. <laughs> so am I. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Groovy. Yeah, looking at it's not going to help me, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This band asked for ethos water only. They'd like a nice assortment of magazines. They asked specifically for four lighters, four ashtrays, and four cartons of Epsom salt. Epsom salt. Ethos water is the Starbucks brand, if you didn't know that. Did not know that. I did, I did not know that. It's a wacky wild stuff. <clears throat> they, did, they did give a... An example of what a nice assortment of magazines would be, but that would give it away. So you just get that. Okay. <clears throat> You're always losing so, lighters. I think that's a that's a really strong ask. Actually, that's a good good plan. Lighters get away from you. <clears throat> and it didn't specify. You know, Epsom salt. We're all men of a certain age, and and there's the plain Epsom salt, and then there's you know. <laughs> Lavender, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very calming. No, no, no specifications on that. So, All right. Soak those tootsies. <laughs> Are we ready? That's what ready you use it for? <laughs> Does not say. <laughs> All right, next band. Is allowed a 90-minute sound check. Now, if the sound check is not performed due to no fault of the artist, the full performance fee is still paid. So they could show up, uh, not get the sound check, and peace out and get paid. I'm no lawyer, but that's what that says to me. The artist sure. should be, and often is, the first in line. And no local crew, personnel, or guest should eat before the artist. Wow. See some egos coming into play here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> dead air, dead air, dead air. Yeah, by the time we take out 45 minutes of dead air, this should be a pretty, pretty solid. <laughs> mm. All right, ready for the next band? Yes, sir. Okay. All right, this one's a long one because you can see Whoa. they have quite a liquor list. So, first of all, they need one color TV with ESPN. No styrofoam cups, exclamation point on that one in capital letters. They ask for a case of Michelob, a case of Molson, a case of Corona, Corona beer, a case of Budweiser. Six beers before the show that are imported, but no Heineken. Other four cases named before. And the liquor is on a rotating schedule. So, for example, on mm -hmm. Monday, you get Myers Dark Rum. Thursday is your Tanqueray Gin Day. Friday, you get Glenlivet or another single malt scotch. On Sunday, Crevassier Napoleon, um, <laughs> underlined. It's very specific about that one. And, of course, in your dressing room, you need a strawberry and exotic fresh fruit presentation with real, and that's in capital letters as well, real whipped cream. No love for Heineken? What's up with that? Well, Heineken isn't Canadian. <laughs> that is not what I guessed, Steve. <laughs> I, I don't see any margaritas on Let's that. The <laughs> only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Got that? Mm -hmm. One more to go. Last band. <clears throat> this band asked for two dressing rooms, one designated as smoking, one non-smoking. And the, the dressing room should have a vibe to them as if you're in an apartment. No <laughs> idea what that means. Uh, left up to interpretation. I can just see this band going to court because they didn't get a vibe in their dressing room. I don't know. Um, then the artist also <clears throat> shall at short notice have access to a rock friendly, that's in quotation marks, lawyer, rock friendly lawyer, medical doctor, dentist, masseuse, and or chiropractor as requested by the artist. Mm -hmm. oh, sure. Well, that made me that change an answer. Yeah, me too. And so now I don't remember what that one was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. <laughs> is, a, uh, is a rock friendly doctor one that will help them with their glaucoma? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would assume that's part of being rock friendly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Can write certain prescriptions, perhaps. Uh -huh. well, well, I think I'm wrong. Or maybe just somebody will look the other way or hide a body. I don't know. <laughs> or just bring the good stuff with you. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they need to call uh, call Saul. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Gentlemen, are we ready? Yes, ready sir. as we can be. Repeat. Yes. Okay, here we go. Buffer slide. And the band who asked for 625 up front, 600 on the back end, that would be Metallica. Oh, in days. Interesting. I got that one. Okay. Well, I, did, I did not. I've now missed two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> you and me both. Uh -huh. Score after round one. Who's got the lead? Me. All right. Freaking Metalhead right. in these games. Metalhead. All right. Uh -huh. Humble beginnings. Second band needed beets and carrots for juicing and cornstarch. That was obviously nine inch nails. Cornstarch was a dead giveaway. Yeah. yeah what? What? Leather pants. Well, uh, at one, there was at least one tour where they would like basically just roll around in it before they went on stage. So they all looked like ghostly white. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much everything from the 90s was cornstarch covered. Yeah. yeah. Two boxes yep. would get it, huh? Okay. Yep, got that one. All right. The vegetarians with the meditation room. That'd be Weezer. Oh, I did not get that. Look at that. Uh, yeah, I got it. Freaking Buffett. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had I a did burger too, a cheeseburger in paradise? Yeah, I did. He means he eats it. He sings about it. <laughs> <laughs> Country singers sing about trucks and dirt roads and porches. That's, and they're not all those point. <laughs> Fair point. That is a good point. I put that one on Buffett, but it was only because I changed an answer later. So <laughs> I had to put something there. Yeah, I got that one, though. That, that makes sense. It's very Rivers Cuomo. I had it right and then changed it. So, yep. From their 2008 tour, Pearl Jam needed ethos, water, four lighters, four ashtrays, and four cartons of Epsom salt. Wow. Yay. I got one. I had that. Yeah. On one of their old tour writers, they actually asked for two or three cartons of cigarettes. Wow. Which I thought was a pretty smart move too. So. Eddie Vedder has to maintain that voice, you know. That's right. Right. that's right. So, what was the assortment of magazines? Uh, like a like a news, uh, like a New York Times, like a newspaper, uh, another news magazine. Then it said Surfer and Skate magazines. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I had them. I had them for the ESPN TV because I figured they were sports. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, and all the booze, right? Yep. All right, Mr. Buffett gets a 90-minute sound check, and he eats first, damn it. 
<laughs> oh, I got that one. Stand around and wait on him until he gets here. That's his cheeseburger in paradise. Right Freaking there. Yeah. Come on. People are hungry. <clears throat> They're working for you. Feed them. And nobody likes Jimmy Buffett on this show, so we'll move right along. <laughs> Steve, was it the Molson that gave it away, or was it the enormous liquor list? <laughs> I knew about this list, but this was back in their drinking day, so this was oh, towards the end. Okay. Yeah, they they had a we a weird selection. Yeah, the Molson would be a good giveaway, but then they had Bud, and it's like okay, whatever. And also, hmm. uh, Neil was a big single malt scotch drinker so there you gotcha. go how about that picture though Isn't that great love it <laughs> alex you're taking it. a picture now <laughs> yeah it looks like mark hamill with the way it's kind of pixelated there yeah yeah i told Where's you on sixth grade <laughs> all right corn needed a uh, rock friendly assistant such as a lawyer medical doctor dentist masseuse and no word on what that vibe was in the apartment style dressing rooms. You know what? This was a giveaway for me because of the chiropractor, because I remember hearing that Jonathan, the way he would like move around on stage and stuff, he always had to see a chiropractor like after every show. Nice. You know what? And you get into these and you see chiropractors show up on more than one tour writer. So it's kind of a maybe that's that follows the same logic that you jump around on stage and I don't know, subluxations or whatever. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. That's it. That's very winner. interesting. Um, I got two, the, probably Monday. I, I, I got, got four. I, I got, got four. Four, four, four. Oh, aren't you special? Well, yeah. I got I got corn, nine inch nails, rush, and metallica. Now would you have gotten rush if I didn't make the comment? Probably not. <laughs> and he's honest. God love that man. So we'll give you an assist. Yeah. <laughs> I got two and a half then. Yeah. Uh, that was fun, Joe. Yeah, right. That was great. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I like that. You know, it's funny because a friend of mine that I used to work with, he was an, a, a kind of a, a hired gun for a few artists back in the day. And he had talked to me about tour writers and things. And like the one with Van Halen with the no brown, no brown M&Ms, for instance. Um, he said from his understanding, from what he'd heard through you know, the, the grapevine is they really didn't eat the M&Ms. It was more of a code of if they're paying attention to that detail, yeah. the, the club's yeah. going to take good care of them. There's yeah. a lot of bands that do that. Yeah, they do. They put something weird like that on there just to see if they're paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to tell you guys too, my source on this was the smoking com. So it's got, uh, all kinds of uh, public domain stuff from mug shots to tour writers to autopsy reports. If you want to get into the morbid, but it's a really cool site. So, well then, man. Yeah. Awesome. Paul, Paul, speaking of that, um, there's so many group texts or group emails at work. Mm -hmm. I've started adding at the end of mine, please respond with your favorite color and all those types of things to see if people read through to the end. <laughs> TLDRs. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, great. And to Paul's point, you know, some of those are safety issues. If you need certain security personnel or or uh, state stage safety, you know, if they're not going to pay attention to little things for you to have a, a safe and and a, you know, call it effective show. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. you're you're kind of at their mercy. So, yep, yeah, exactly. You want them Sometimes to be little weird things like that are superstitions. I remember in college, I had a folklore class, and so I had to do this big project on superstitions or whatever. And I remember. 
uh, Lou Holtz had to have a strawberry milkshake brought to him in the locker room before every game. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, and yeah, he wouldn't go out. I mean, it was superstitious, just like wearing the same socks or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all those things are kind of cool. That was a great challenge, Mr. Wright. All right. Yes. yes and sir. congratulations to Metalhead Monday for winning. You're welcome. Um, yeah. yeah. You got a little whole strawberry milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> well, next no week, theme song. there will be no Lester Bangs inspired challenge because we will have uh, Jack the Radio in the studio with us, which is going to be really exciting. And we'll let, uh, at the end of the show, we'll let Metalhead fill us in on all of that goodness. Right on. Right on. We'll have to ask them what they want backstage. <laughs> yeah, no oh, that's a great question. Fantastic. All right. Well, now it's time to get on to the challenge, which was basically I went through much like uh, T-Bags did last week when he went through all of his different websites and uh, ratings to, to pull his songs. I did the same thing with movie scores or themes to movies. And I went to eight different websites. And from those... There was a lot, there were some that were overlapped, but there were a ton of songs that you would think would be on everybody's list and they just weren't. For instance, I would have thought like the Superman theme song or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Would have appeared, yeah, would have appeared on more than one and they didn't. So they didn't make this top 16 list. So I took eight sites. I wrote down the top 16 from all of them and I crossed them over and, and the ones who had the most went on this list. And so don't yell at me if you don't like what's on the list. That's the way it works. Can I speak to your manager? <laughs> yes. I will wake her up. She'll be happy to talk to you. Right on. <laughs> I have a uh, feeling we're going to end up with at least one John Williams versus himself matchup. At least one. You, you know, the thing is, too, I, and I thought about this. Let's just say we had a tie. You know, you've got so many different John Williams themes that he could have filled eight spots on this, probably. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. so prolific and so good. But so I'm kind of glad that we didn't go that route and some other things got in there just to mix this up a bit. Mm -hmm. So this is the order. It'll be Joe, Tony, JPP, and then Monday. And if there is a need to break the tie, it will be me. Otherwise, I'm not playing, just presenting. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's roll. Can you all see my screen? Yeah, yep. working mm. on it. There you we go. Are, you are presenting. All right, we're going to go left column. We're going to go the west coast bracket, and then we'll go over to the east when we are done. So the first matchup will be Star Wars versus Chariots of Fire. Joe. Star Wars. Tony? Star Wars for me also. JPP? Star Wars by default. However, Chariots of Fire is quite memorable. It is. It is memorable. And Monday, do you want to weigh in? Well, you know, I, I do love an underdog, but in this case, they're just too far down. Got to go with Star Wars. Very good. Right. And you guys all get to keep being my friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The next one, Jaws. Versus Clockwork Orange. This could be interesting. Joe. Jaws, uh, just because when I was previewing these, I it, it was the first song on the playlist, and it terrified me. So, It is still terrifying. Yes. Okay, Tony. Um, although Clockwork Orange is one of my favorite books and movies, 
Um, like Joe said, Jaws, man, it just evokes that emotion. And so Jaws it is for me as well. JPP? Also a tough call because the Clockwork Orange has some interesting effects in cinematography, as does Jaws. Um, but it, again, the theme definitely evoked that tension. And it was one of the first riffs I ever learned to play on any instrument. Uh-huh. Are you playing it tonight? Um, well, let me, <laughs> let me go get an instrument. <laughs> Monday, just for uh, fun, what would you have picked? Well, I actually have never seen Clockwork Orange. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm not a huge Kubrick fan. I despise The Shining. And let's be honest, Eyes Wide Shut is a ridiculous movie. So, and Jaws is one of my favorite movies. And Joe is correct. The song is terrifying and it's <laughs> So, Jaws. You think you know a guy. I really think you should watch Clockwork Orange, though. I, was, I so do want to see it. Yeah. It's just For one sure. of those I've never gotten around to. Then All we right. can go out for Halloween. We can dress up like the guys from Clockwork. <laughs> Good. Yeah. We'll be droogs. Let's go do it. Get some milk. <laughs> now, just think if they went to the milk bar and had blue milk. <laughs> yeah. I've had that blue milk. It'd be amazing. All right. Next on the bracket is Psycho versus Back to the Future. Joe? This, be- this could show my age, but I'm going to go with Back to the Future. Why? Um, I, 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 like I said, I think it's just my age. I think it's my era. And I think, I mean, I know psycho and I know, you know, it's iconic, but, uh, I also know the back to the future franchise and that one, it just spoke to me. And I, I love, I love psycho. I love Hitchcock. I love the whole thing, but I'm going to go with the, uh, I guess the underdog here. Cool. All right, Tony. All right. Well, I had some confusion as to whether there was an actual song for Back to the Future score-wise, or if it was Huey Lewis in the News. So, yeah, that's by default, point. because there was a Huey Lewis in the News option, I went with Psycho. <laughs> what? We're gonna fight tonight, dude. I'm just, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you cannot disparage the good goddamn name of Huey Lewis. In this corner, wing at one eighty. I mean, one ninety five. That's Wait. a stretch. Hey. <laughs> oh man, let's go, Monday. Just dress up like Neil Young and let's do this. Just get some, just get some olive oil on you both, so that way you can move around. <laughs> Ooh, let me get, my flannel. Let me get my flannel real quick. <laughs> so, Tony, I take it you're picking Psycho? Yeah, I, I want Psycho. <laughs> okay. JPP. I am picking Psycho. Reason being, I love Back to the Future. It's certainly a movie of my era as well. Uh, Alan Silverstreet did a wonderful job with the theme. However, when it comes to Psycho, it's a little more memorable to me because of the iconic scenes, the iconic string sounds things like that it really just kind of hit the mark it was pioneering and fledgling at the time and uh is certainly legendary for for that but uh it's a it was a tough call don't get me wrong but because of what i just mentioned psycho wins for me okay cool monday uh pretty much what paul said i mean silvestri is a definitely a powerhouse in movie score world and he's done some amazing work Back to the Future, certainly included in that. Um, but as far as uh, evoking 
a certain feeling, even without the visuals, I, I got to go psycho all the way. Okay. Psycho moves on. I thought you were gonna, just going to go with the other one just for Huey Lewis. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. This next one uh, I thought was really interesting. So it's Lawrence of Arabia versus Social Network. Joe, what do you have? I'm going to go with Social Network. I honestly, Lawrence of Arabia is just not that memorable to me, and I, I don't have that big of a connection to it. Okay. Tony? So, oh, I know what you're going to pick, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Social Network for me. I mean, I do feel like it was super pioneering for soundtrack work. And um, yeah, same thing. Lawrence of Arabia was kind of, it was great, but it blended in with everything else. It didn't stand out as much. So Social Network. Okay, JPP. It's kind of the same thing. That movie certainly does stand the test of time with its historical value and production. But when it comes to the music, it certainly just plays a part in it, but doesn't stand out. Where this if, is this one of Reznor's first score outings? Is that correct? Yeah. And mm -hmm. you know, it's it's a good first effort to say the least. I mean, there's texture, there's mood, there's timbre, and there's tons of different elements that uh, he employed. And you know, maybe it's speaking to my, you know, kind of fondness for his work as a whole too. But um, I certainly have more memory of those works than I do Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, Monday. Uh, pretty much on the same page with everybody else. Lawrence of Arabia is legendary. Uh, this the main theme is wonderful. But I mean, Social Network was game changer, and we're all you know Tramp fans. So I got to go with that. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. You and T-Bags can hug it out now. If it had, well, I will say this. If it had come down to me, I would have picked Lawrence of Arabia. I, I think when I listen to like some of like Gone with the Wind and this, I think Lawrence of Arabia still sounds so fresh um, in its orchestration. And Social Network, there's a part of that movie that makes my skin crawl because the, you know. Then uh, it Mark worked. Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, it did. Mark Zuckerberg being like, and people cheered him on because he's such this little arrogant ass to like the adults. Like he gets one over on him and it's so cool. And all I can think of is the kids in my office who try to do that. <laughs> and yeah. it made, I mean, I, I did not like that movie because of that. So but I wow. did like, I think the soundtrack work is great, but I would have for personal reasons to be on with Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Just one quick little note on that. I mean, besides the fact that it was Aaron Sorkin writing it, David Fincher mm -hmm. directing it and, Atticus and Trent, so it was like a dream team for me. But Paul, you probably have seen this. Trent got this thing called like a Swarmatron or something. Mm -hmm. It's this little, it's a hand-built instrument that actually turns on with a key. And uh, there's no real way to know where your notes are. And there's a little like a five-minute segment with Trent explaining it online. So you guys should check that out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would definitely be something to mess with. To especially if things are more tense, warming it up, things like that. Yep. 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 And Lawrence of Arabia is my son's favorite movie. Really? He is a movie snob. He has his own, was it Twitch or whatever? And oh, yeah. on there, he goes through, he has a spreadsheet of movies that he's seen and he scores them. And he's got hundreds for a year, <laughs> like 10 years ago. I'm just like, how'd you see that many movies? I watched a movie a day. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wow. He's his own rotten tomato, you're saying. Indeed he is. I'll to <laughs> hook you up with that. Nice. All right, let's move over to the East bracket. And we've got the Godfather versus the good, the bad, and the ugly. Joe. 
I am going to vote for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Excellent. Tony? Um, I really felt like these were tied as far as the, the soundtrack work, so I just went with the movie I like better, which is Godfather. Okay. JPP? <sighs> Tony, you, you, you pose a good argument for sure. Um, I'm going to go with the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love a good spaghetti western. Um, and just the way those scores were put together, it's, it's fun and fascinating. And, you know, our RIP R. Morricone. Right, what can I say? If, if you like good spaghetti, mm -hmm. go with Godfather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I already had dinner. I'm full. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, what do you have? Andy. Well, if we were going with the version that Slash plays in his guitar solos, I would totally go Godfather. But we're not, so I'm going with Good, Bad, and the Ugly just because that main theme is super interesting and weird. And mm -hmm. I love it. It is true. Yeah. I listen I, to that with headphones, and I don't think I've ever done that. And it just it sounds like people. It's just a chorus of people going, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. What, what's cool about getting into these movie themes is everybody knows Jaws. Everybody knows Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, the the opening kind of riff, Clint, you know, chomping on a cigar. And and then, but you get into the Good, and the Bad, and the Ugly, it's this whole, like, like overture at the end. I mean, it just gets big and... And as I listen to some of these movie scores, I'm like, well, everybody knows the first, you know, the opening strains, but then you listen on down into the song and you're like, this song is like totally badass, like all the way yeah. through. So plus and, it's Metallica's intro music. Yeah, the ecstasy of gold. <laughs> That's uh, a great tune. Steve, who did you have in that one? Just out of curiosity. Good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Okay. My man. Oh shizzlin. Um, all right, next one. Gone with the wind and shaft. Joe. Shaft. Tony. Shaft. JPP. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Perfect. <laughs> Bundy. Shaft. <laughs> we can dig yeah. it. I yeah. too would have been Shaft. And when I said that earlier about Lawrence of Arabia sounding so fresh, when I listened to Gone with the Wind again, Does it not. sounds dated. Oh, so much. It, it really does. It just, I don't know. So anyway. When it came to the music, you didn't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. You're the man. Yeah. I love me some JPP tonight. <laughs> All right, let's go to Lord of the Rings and E.T. This is interesting. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to go Lord of the Rings. Pretty epic. Tony? Uh, I went with E.T. the same reason that Joe went with uh, Back to the Future. Just kind of resonates with my childhood with that jpp ouch i went with et um lord of the rings that's that's a long time to sit through all that and plus when i saw et as a kid I, I, it scared the living daylights out of me mm -hmm. first when yeah. i first saw him but then i grew to love him so he still <laughs> has a soft spot in my heart all right it's two to one et mr mundy you want to even it up take well, it well lord of the rings is much like the movie itself long and boring <laughs> so i had to go et because that score is amazing love it it's magical really indeed um and i do like the lord of the rings sound i love the movies um i totally I bought hate, in hate and, I, and i love i love the music to them but i think that music on, doesn't stand on its own as well as it accompanies the picture 
True. And on its own. So I'm saying it didn't matter, but E.T. would have been my choice as well. Good point. And if you've never heard Randall's rant in Clerks 2 about the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Even the trees walked. Exactly. And if you ever find yourself uh, post-pandemic going to Universal down in Florida, ride the E.T. ride. It's a nice blast <laughs> to the past. Cool. All right, this is the last of the first round. It's the Pink Panther versus Jurassic Park. Joe. Uh, I'm going to go with Pink Panther. Cool. Tony. Yeah, I thought Pink Panther does what Jaws did, which at least has part of it where you can recognize it with the simplest, in its simplest form. So, yeah, Pink Panther. It's kind of like a logo. Uh, yeah, it like, is. Simple yeah. And, yeah, so JPP. Definitely the Pink Panther. There's something about that sultry saxophone and the little swing and the groove, and plus the way the cartoon is animated with that. It's yeah. just a great mood. It it always as soon as you hear it, you see it, and it it's just it's time stamped, legendary. Yeah, and Monday. Well, Jurassic Park again. You got John Williams. Uh, it is an absolutely amazing score. The main title theme is epic and really, really fantastic. And I have a special place in my heart for that because I've heard my kids play it in band, so it's pretty cool. But Pink Panther all the way. That Mancini score is just oof, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, I probably would have had to have gone with Pink Panther as well. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> that sounds like about fifth grade. <laughs> I need to send you that video because they actually played it over that scene when they see all the brachiosauruses coming out of the lake. So, like, I played that for my wife and she hears it build up. Welcome to Jurassic Park. And then that kicks in. I thought she was going to pass out. She was laughing so hard. You know what, though? If you take Jurassic Park and you pair it with that visual, the first time that that, that was the first time the dinosaurs really looked real in movies. Yeah. That was pretty epic. You take mm -hmm. away that visual and Pink Panther slams it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yep. So. However, do, does anyone else sing lyrics to that melody? It's a dinosaur. Crap, a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> you just went lounge lizard with that, by the way. Right. Hey, it's a dinosaur. Hey. You can do that with a lot of John Williams stuff. The Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Did. Thanks to Bill Murray. That was yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, so we're on to round two. This is, uh, <clears throat> I intentionally put these two, I figured this was gonna happen, so I intentionally put these two together. Nope. Um, Star Wars and Jaws. Joe? Man, this is like being in a trash compactor. You got Jaws yeah. on one side, you got Star Wars on another one. Yeah. And somebody's firing their blaster, you know? It's like, <laughs> what the heck, man? But Star Wars. All right. Tony? Yeah, Star Wars for me. Uh, JPP? And while you're in the trash compactor, you're like, I'm, I'm taking this couch. This couch is mine. Um, <laughs> for all you Family Guy fans out there. Uh, set it yeah. down. Set it down. Set it down. <laughs> pivot. Pivot. Turn it. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars, for sure. I mean, again, Jaws definitely lends to the visuals and whatnot. But uh, Star Wars just has themes upon themes in there. Okay. Monday? Not that it matters, but I would actually yeah. go with Jaws on this one. Yeah. And, of course, you guys know what I would have picked. 
But the, <laughs> the reason I, I wanted these two to come together, those are probably the two most recognizable songs in the world. Mm -hmm. If anybody hears that, they know exactly what yeah. that is. Everybody, mm -hmm. even Aborigines people in Australia that never heard a song outside of their own tribe, know Star Wars. Somehow, I don't know how they, but they do. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I thought it would be interesting to see what would happen if those two came together. Yeah. All right. Psycho versus Social Network. Joe. Well, with Back to the Future eliminated, I guess I can vote for Psycho now. <laughs> <laughs> He seems angry. angry. So begrudgingly. <laughs> Tony. Uh, I'm still going with social network. I, I like, you know, you know all the reasons. That's my shock face. Yeah. <laughs> JPP. Well, again. Face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, stop that eye twitching now. Um, I'm going to go with Psycho again. Legend, I hope you're not a life host and call it intolerant because the word is dairy. Legendary. Blasphemy. Right. Mr. Mundy. I'm going to blaspheme some more because I picked Psycho, too. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ton of, uh... Man, that ah, Huey Lewis thing kind of stung. Tony, I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, Tony, I was totally going to pick Social Network. <laughs> no, you were. <laughs> I can't okay. tell you. Marianne and I were watching that. Our skin was just crawling in that boardroom scene or whatever when he was talking to them. Oh, God. It made me feel like I was back in my office and some kid was giving it to me. So. But the real Zuckerberg is even creepier. He mm. is. <laughs> yeah. Those are some great videos, though. I like Sorry, that. I keep it social network versus psycho, and everybody's afraid of social network. Everybody's <laughs> creeped out by Zuckerberg more than her. Yeah. That's kind of true. <laughs> All right. So we're going over back to the east side. We're going with good, the bad, and the ugly versus Shaft. Joe. Uh, good, bad, and ugly. Okay. Yeah. Right. Same for me. Same for you, JPP. Hmm. I'm gonna have to also do good, bad, and the ugly, but that 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 hurts. Gave him real pause, a real Isaac Hayes pause right there. <laughs> yeah. For Monday, um, what would you have picked? Well, I you know this is a tough one. It really is, and I mean, if we're just going with the main titles, gosh, I really, I really, man. I mean, it's kind of, I could go either way on that one. So, yep. I mean, I, I, I would probably lean more towards Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. Those are like highlights of their genres, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're just both were fresh for that era, for their times. Yeah. Good choice. I like that. Comes down to E.T. versus Pink Panther. Joe? Pink Panther. All right. Tony? Pink Panther for me. JPP. E.T. Woo, Monday. Woo Pink Panther. If it had come to me, it would have been E.T. Interesting. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're into the final four. This is pretty exciting. We have Star Wars versus Psycho, and the good, the bad, and the ugly versus Pink Panther. So we'll take the Western bracket first, Star Wars versus Psycho, Joe. Star Wars. Star Wars for me as well. Star Wars without the Christmas episode. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> that was really creepy. All right. <laughs> Monday? Uh, I'll keep it unanimous. Star Wars. Okay. 
And then we go with Good, Bad, and the Ugly and Pink Panther. This will be really interesting, Joe. Uh, good, Bad, and the Ugly. Thanks. Tony? Uh, I still like Pink Panther here. Okay. JPP? Good, Bad, Ugly. Right. And Mr. Mundy, you can even fire, it up. Up, fire up that tiebreaker, Pink Panther. Woo! <laughs> well, I voted against Pink Panther last time. Oh, oh. And it's good, bad, and the ugly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Not that Pink Panther's bad. It's very good. By the way, based on what we have here, we do have a winner from this week's challenge. When I will give the shout-outs here at the end, we did have this chosen. So Sweet. Okay, so it comes down. Star Wars, good, bad, and the ugly. Joe. Star Wars. Tony. Uh, I had a homegirl by Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> we know we that's have a true. Write -in, folks. We have a write-in from 1975. It's homegrown. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think anything can really compete with Star Wars. So I'm going with Star Wars. All right, JPP. Yep, John Williams for the win. And Monday. Same, same. Yeah, I told Tony last night I almost didn't put it in there. Like I was going to pull it out because it seems to be like the consummate score. So, but that was interesting. The I guess the second choice was the one that was, I guess, the most interesting of all. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did any of you think that was going to be there? Not that Not really. far. I didn't. I I yeah. kind of wondered if Jurassic Park would have <laughs> gone farther. I mean, I know we have varying tastes but just kind of in my realm with my mm -hmm. family Jurassic Park certainly is up there for them. Um, let's do the shout outs. We did have some people play along earlier today and right before the show I wrote down their answers. So Joel Harsh had Star Wars versus Pink Panther yeah. which was yeah. very close uh -huh. and I don't know who he had winning because <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. Um, yeah. Jake Archer former student of mine from a long time ago. Good dude. He didn't pick the whole thing, but he said Star Wars was the winner. Dustin Halupa, another former student of mine from 20 years ago, had Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars. And he had Lord of the Rings being the champion. Chad Gabbard had Jaws versus Shaft. And he had Shaft as the champion. That was interesting. And my son had Star Wars versus the good, bad, and the ugly. And Star Wars is the winner. So... He gets a shirt, but since he's my son, we're not giving him one. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Do the dishes first. He, he is definitely a movie buff and a movie snob. He's very bright about that, even though I give him a lot of crap. So, all right. That are we back? Fun. Screens are done? Yep. We will post this um, after we put the show out tomorrow. We'll go ahead and do a finalized bracket and we'll share that with everybody so they can see exactly what happened. And just like the last one, there is no challenge next week because we do have a guest in the studio with us. And so, Monday, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know who will be with us next week? Uh, I believe we will be speaking with George and Kevin from the band Jack the Radio. And that's a band that I recently discovered for myself. They've been around since the early 2000s. Um, I just Our <clears throat> local comic shop owner, our good buddy Sean Hilton, uh, had a comic. That he's like, here, this looks like something you would like. And I was like, okay. And I took it home, and it was awesome. And it turned out 
it was short stories based on lyrics from a band. So I checked the band out, you know, kind of connected with them on Instagram and invited them on the show. And now we're going to talk to them. I can't wait to um, the cool thing about that comic is that it matches up the songs with the stories. And so yeah. it's going to be really exciting to talk to them about that whole process. And then another cool thing is Mr. Mundy on July 30th. Do you want to go ahead and preface that one? Uh, yeah, I also reached out. The comic book is published by a company called A Wave Blue World. And I also reached out to them on Instagram and ended up speaking with the publisher whose name I'm totally forgetting right now. <laughs> That's terrible. That would be uh, uh, Tyler Tanner? Tyler. Tyler, yes. Yeah. So I ended up speaking with Tyler, who is the publisher of A Wave Blue World, and he also hooked me up with Justin, who is mm -hmm. the COO of A Wave Blue World, and also edited the Jack the Radio comic, and I believe he directed one of their videos as well that's based on the comic. So on July 30th, we're going to be speaking with Tyler and Justin from A Wave Blue World. Okay, now we're going to have to get down to some business. And um, this one, like I said in the beginning, is really a record 45 years in the making. It's uh, Neil Young, homegrown, who put together two records at the same time and then for some personal reasons didn't release this one. Um, and a couple of tracks did leak out um, over the next, the course of a couple of years after that. But um, the bulk of this is not seen in the air. So uh, Mr. Rife, do you want to give us any background here? I think you're probably our resident Neil Young guy. Yeah, you mentioned some of the things, but I've got some more information to fill in the gaps. So this is Neil Young's 40th studio album. It was released uh, June 19th of 2020, but it was recorded between June 74 and January 75, put on the shelf. And uh, some, some other albums got released around it, obviously. Um, there were some decisions made as to why he was in a relationship with an actress named uh, Carrie Snodgrass, who was um, they were kind of falling apart in 1974. So that was kind of a, a turbulent and creative year for Neil Young. Um, it was compiled and ready to go in 75. And instead tonight's the night was uh, released instead and homegrown was put away. It was set to be released on record store day in 2020 and something called the coronavirus pandemic pushed that back. So finally on June 19th, after some tracks leaked online and on the Neil Young Archives site, um, released in its entirety. It's got some guest stars, uh, including Levon Helm, Robbie Robertson, and Emmylou Harris. You can hear Emmylou Harris coming through on a couple of tracks pretty clearly. Um, it was a set of about 30 songs recorded during that time. And uh, the material from these sessions is largely acoustic. Some of its solo performances with Young on the guitar and harmonica. And he says that this album, Homegrown, is the missing link between Harvest, Comes a Time, Old Ways, and Harvest Moon. They're pretty personal songs, revealing much of his feelings on his failing relationship at the time. He said it was a little too personal and it scared me as to kind of why they didn't release it. It was so near to being released that a cover had been created. And at the last moment, he decided to drop Homegrown and release Tonight's Tonight. An unreleased album recorded in 73. So he stated that he had a playback party for Homegrown Tonight's Tonight, and it happened to be just on the same reel. And he went with Tonight's Tonight because after listening during that party, it had an overall feeling of strength and performance and feeling. And Homegrown was just a very down album. Homegrown has uh, 
been released now in 2020, and it was met with universal acclaim from music critics, but none of that matters tonight because it gets the <laughs> wanderings and wool gathering treatment. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I have I came into Neil's work around, uh, when, when did Harvest Moon come out? Like, 92? Mm-hmm. That's, um, right. that's about where I came in, and uh, I love that album. I fell in love with Neil, and I just kind of, you know, went backwards and got into his stuff, and you know, I, I'm a fan. I've been a fan since then. Um, and that's when I first listened, first started listening to this album. I was like, damn, this sounds like old Neil. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, well, no wonder. Okay. <laughs> and I just thought it was cool because I got to look in and man, he was crazy prolific in the night or in the 90s, in the 70s nine studio albums and one live album released plus this one was recorded and never released so i mean that's insane i you much along the same time frame uh in 92 i was taking lessons off of a mentor now friend eric who i'm sure you remember monday the days of going to the the old uh, warehouse oh, yeah. and taking lessons there he turned me on to Neil Young very yep. early on, and it was more of the crazy horse era, so lots of fuzz because I loved the heavy stuff. And, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. So fell in love with it instantly. And, you know, the, you either love Neil Young or you, you don't. And kind of like Dylan, it's, it's an acquired yeah. taste. And there's just things that he does that evoke the right mood for me. There's something about the raw nature of what he does. There's something about the not giving a shit and just, melting it out there and having pure feeling and it's what i long to do in in what i do even in the stiff electronic music i always try to go for some sort of feeling and kind of like the film scores emo you know getting the emotions going so <clears throat> excuse me so upon giving this a listen hearing the young neil you know um was very nice and, and made me feel real nostalgic because i remember hearing my mom's heart of gold 45 and really loving it back in the day too and plus oh, those yeah. old raw 70s drum sounds and things just real tight and got a nice little punch to it i'm, I'm just a sucker for that tonality it's like putting an instagram filter <laughs> on the audio and and i loved it yeah i i was kind of hit and miss there were some songs that i loved and some that i could do without mm -hmm. um some of it feels like heard that a bunch that sound that guitar it's a very familiar sound it's throwing a little harmonica it maybe was a little too familiar and then others i thought were pretty fresh and i loved when they threw in a little piano so that was really nice the one song that i'm really or not even really a song but florida is there a, a story <laughs> to that that i just don't know that i missed out on I don't know if there is, but man, when I when that song started playing and I looked up and it said it was called Florida, I'm like, how fitting is that? This is like a Florida man story. <laughs> <laughs> the more things change, I'll tell you. Anybody have any background I, on that? I I don't know. I dig the song. I I actually don't mind listening to it. Some of those no. throwaway tracks, you kind of like, eh, forget this. But I guess it was. Uh, I'm. It's late. I had to get the quote. Some cockamamie spoken word dream printed out for reasons no one could remember in the booklet for tonight's the night, set to the shrieking accompaniment of either Young or Keith, drawing a wet finger around the rim of a glass. I couldn't describe it. 
any more perfectly. A I, bunch of it, noise it, with yeah, a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> that one was rough for me, man. I couldn't like I li I listened through. I think I sat through it all the way one time, and then every other time when it came on, I was like, "Nope, <laughs> nope." <laughs> kind of a they stuck it in the middle of the album, so it's kind of you know if you're just doing something else and you don't have access to change tracks or something, you're you're sort of stuck. It, what it reminded <laughs> me of, uh, of course, Neil and Pearl Jam have a very special relationship yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of influence there. I think back and forth, really, uh, to be truthful. Um, and there's a track on Vitology, the last one, Hey Foxy, Mop Handle, Mama, That's Me, which is like a bunch of nonsense from a talk mm -hmm. show and a bunch of noise. And it's something in the neighborhood of about 13 minutes. And mm -hmm. if, if you're a real hardcore uh, Pearl Jam fan, uh, you'll listen to all of Vitology and all of Hey Foxy, Mop Handle, Mama, That's Me. So I figured I could put up with uh, two or three minutes of Screeching Glass and Fever Dream or whatever's going on there. <laughs> um, it's kind of like standing in the, uh, remember the scene in Happy Gilmore when he kicks the kid out of the batting cage and just like puffs his chest up? It's like, <laughs> let's do this, you know? So that, that's what it was for me. But, <laughs> but you know, what's, what's funny is, you know, Neil's, he's got the, the really fragile singing voice at times, the, you know, the iconic and he tells this story. <laughs> there's just something about the tone of his voice and, and uh, about a guy crashing his glider and, and dead people all around. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, people drinking soda and in bottles, you know, and then, then this guy in this glider, you know, he just, he just hits this building. <laughs> like no emotion. Keep, no emotion. Yeah, I keep waiting for him to say, and they call it the aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> Not dirty enough, but I get me. Yeah. yeah. So here, that the weird thing is when I'm listening to that, that was the first time I had to go back and check when this was made, because mm -hmm. the the glass bottles. You know, I remember as a kid, we'd get those eight packs of the glass Coke bottles, and we had to share one. You know, it wasn't like today. Oh yeah. And when I heard him, glass bottles with straws, and I thought what the heck, you know? And that's when I actually went back and looked and figured out that, oh my God, this wasn't even current, yeah. you know? So uh, in some respects, that was kind of interesting, even though the song was wackadoo, so. <laughs> now there are a lot of place names for the tracks and, and since there's the connection to his relationship, I don't know if each one of those places has, you know, it's a pin on the map for him and I don't know what the hell happened in Florida, yeah. but yeah. I I said of the three ones that were just a location name, like I didn't really care for Mexico either, but I really liked Kansas. I thought that was a, mm -hmm. kind of a cool song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought the opener separate ways was great too. Just a real nice, tasty chord progression again with those dry drums. And what's funny is this album proceeds precedes for sure. One of my favorite bands air, but I could hear air being influenced mm -hmm. by yeah. this era for sure it just had that nice dry folky thing going on but um you know neil didn't play any moog or anything <laughs> on top of it but it would have been a nice touch not that i'm saying you need to go back and do that but i mean it's just because the air i heard that essentially mm -hmm. we talk a lot about prologue on this show and we talk about how the opening track on an album is so crucial and it kicks it off and tells us what we're what we're in for so Nice to get a little peek into the the world. I put that, you know, I wrote down it was a mellow song. It was a dramatic song, but not a mellow dramatic song, oddly enough. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I really dug. I really dug separate ways. It was a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, uh, tea bags. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, you're awfully quiet over there. Awfully yeah. quiet down there. Well, I mean, let me preface everything with I understand. 
understand that Neil Young has a place and I respect his place in history with music, but man, just to touch on two of those songs you guys talked about, Florida, I literally threw my earbuds across the room because one, I felt like that should be pushed to the back, like any respectable band does when you put in a junk track like that for me. <laughs> but two, um, a man lost his life to make that. <laughs> I love lighter man. Yeah, but uh, you know when you're like doing, if you're like working out and you have like you're tired on the fifth rep and you have like ten more to go. That's kind of how I was looking at this. Is like there's six more songs, and this I'm tired already. But um, separate ways, like that's interesting that you guys liked it, but it did set the tone for me. My note on separate ways was. <laughs> Uh, sounds like something you write if you had a college break up your freshman year and decided to start a one-man band without any musical experience. <laughs> I mean, you're not that far off. <laughs> Will you yeah. please read all your notes? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to read all You should take a snapshot and post them on the page. Here's how I summarize the album. and I, I don't want to be the black cloud here too much, but... It's album. fun. It's fun. Come in. Yeah. Come in. <laughs> At the end, I tried to summarize it, and I said that this album is a cross between something that you'd hear coming from a hobo on a train car who dropped out of grade school to pursue a dream in music. Again. And also combined with music that's piped outside of a cracker barrel with people pulling golf oh. triangle. While playing those wow. giant checkers. Yeah. So, not a lot of love here, but okay. please go so. on. Yeah, that was funny. You were talking about, you know, you had five more reps to go. It's like, you know, you, you go to a friend's house and you're looking forward to dinner and the chicken tastes like bologna and you have to finish the whole thing because you don't want to be rude. But, you know, I, for me, it, again, I already kind of spoke on the points that I did as far as like, you know, where my, my love for Neil is. And don't get me wrong. There are times when I hear a Neil song and it's kind of like, OK, that one doesn't speak to me. I'm going to skip and I'm going to move on yeah, for, sure. for sure. But the gems. I hold on to for sure. And like I said, in our message that I like the trans album, you know, much <laughs> against mm -hmm. most uh, popular opinion, trans is a fantastic project to me, even though it was a sure. record of F you to the Geffen and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And a throwaway record, but I'm a sucker for vocoder and mm -hmm. it's raw and it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you wouldn't dare hear that in a cracker barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe at closing time. <laughs> sure. Uh, maybe a Bob Evans. <laughs> uh, tea bags. Yeah. Is there, okay. It's clear the album didn't hit in the sweet spot. What What was your worst song besides Florida, and what was your best song? Uh, best song actually, um, I liked. I thought "Love Is a Rose" had good lyrics and um, the music. I, I "Love Is a Rose" is a song a track a track I liked. Um, Mexico, actually, I liked because of the piano, but I still didn't feel great about it. And then there was one track where the female vocal backing was pretty prominent. I don't remember which one that was. But uh, I don't know. I mean, liked is also a strong word. So but love, love of the road. That, love of the road, if that put, he put that as a single, would have a totally different review, a totally different number for this album. Yeah, I really like that one too. I th I thought that one sounds like uh, kind of an old traditional song almost. Mm -hmm. Thought that was interesting. Kind of had that vibe. <clears throat> well, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Separate ways and try. Those are both really similar tunes in the vein of like a yeah. you know kind of a country folk swing. Um, 
low-key type walking base. Emily Harris shows up on try. That I dig the hell out of that. Um, mm-hmm. Mexico reminded me of uh, <laughs> of a Peanuts Christmas soundtrack, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but it's it's a really pretty song though too. But I also love yeah. Peanuts, so I mean, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So Love the Rose kind of picked things up. I mean, that's what it did for me. It, it brought a little bit of life to the album. If you follow the track of the first three, follow the same path of the first three tracks, you're gonna probably fall asleep mid bench press, and that's not. Good. <laughs> you're not thinking about reps because yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, yep. it, it would be it'd be too much but for sure I, I felt like you know of course separate ways opened it well loved kansas and then i felt like uh white line all the way to the end was really solid for me mm-hmm. i really liked little wings star of bethlehem a lot and, and vacancy too so yeah i got um Separate ways and love as a rose, those standouts for me. I liked homegrown as kind of that trademark Neil Young looseness, kind of rambly guitar. Very, sounded very Neil. Um, we don't smoke it no more was a killer blues jam. I absolutely loved it. And the the lyrics were very minimalist, which I think worked because it's just a good jam. Blues, yep. Yeah, yeah, and White Line, I loved. When White Line started playing, I'm like, wait a minute. I know this song. Mm-hmm. And I did because it's on the Ragged Glory album and mm-hmm. uh, like a full electric version with uh, Crazy Horse. Yep. So I was like, damn, I know this song. I love this song. So <laughs> it was kind of cool to hear like the original version of it and, you know, compare the two. Pretty cool. I thought sticking those blues tracks there in the middle of the album you know, kind of wrapped Florida up and Kansas too, which was another, I think uh, there was harmonica before, but I really liked the harmonica on Kansas. Um, but sticking love, those two blues tracks in there was yeah, a good idea. So I love Neil's harmonica playing. I always have. I think he's awesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. Very soulful. Well, let me weigh in for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't smoke it in white line. Uh, my notes were on We Don't Smoke It. My suggestion is if you made better music while smoking it, go back to that. (laughs) And then (laughs) White Line was great. More harmonica. Uh, So I'm not a super fan. Uh, By the end of it, the harmonica became like Pavlovian to me in the sense of like... Yeah, salivating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, salivate <laughs> murder, whatever. Same thing. I, I just have to say, as a side note, that I love that you have these conversations when you review albums. You have conversations with not only the artist but the songs at times, and I love yeah. your style, Tony. I have to, I have to say, keep that. <laughs> it's, it's from all those years of watching sports and yelling yeah. at the coach and the players alike. <laughs> yeah, I do yell uh, at the TV. So, um, through you threw your headphones like you throw bricks at the TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I I kind of agree with all of you in some weird ways. There are some parts I just I wasn't connecting with, some parts I really like. I just feel like there's something about his style and his voice. He's just a good storyteller. And if yeah. you let yourself just kind of be taken away, you kind of get involved in this narrative, which I think is kind of cool. And I put on my uh, earbuds one day and I put my phone over on the side and I just got on a raft in the pool and floated around listening to it, which was kind of a really cool experience and actually helped me with it. And then uh, those lyrics, it seemed like a long, easy ride. I was adrift on a river of pride. I mean, 
those are some solid lyrics and he mm -hmm. just kind of puts you in this mood and this place and time i kind of like that it's not something i want to listen to all the time um but there are times where it kind of hits a good sweet spot and there were a couple of songs that did that for me not all of them i yeah. and i'll be honest when we go back I, I won't go through this album and listen to it beginning to end probably ever again but there's there are times when neil young really does kind of do it for me and there were parts here and other parts I, uh, I'll never listen to Florida again, by the way. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, I mean, I've, I've been a fan of his since the early 90s when, you know, obviously he had already been around forever then. And that, but that's when I came to him. And I've just, I've always loved him for the reasons you said, you know, I think he's an excellent storyteller. He's a great songwriter. Mm -hmm. I think he is... You know, you talk about the grunge sound, and I really think he is one of the pioneers of that sound. I think that's why Pearl Jam loved him so much, and they connected so well. was because he, from, I mean, what, uh, Crazy Horse started in like 68, maybe? 68? I think that's right. And uh, that, I mean, he started doing that then. It was That's when he, that was kind of his going full electric and, you know, that's kind of when he started getting real rambly and loose and kind of, you know, noisy, experimenting with, you know, distortion and that kind of thing. So he's a pioneer in a lot of ways. And I, I've just always had, you know, big respect for him. Mm -hmm. Hey, side rant real quick. Tony, um, or any of you for that matter, have you seen the Sound City docu documentary? Yes, Fantastic for one because of the story. Two, uh, Neil Young did after the Gold Rush at the Sound City Studios. Yep. Um, so that said, there's a lot of just hit albums that were recorded in that facility. A lot of magic in there. So, you know, maybe as some side homework, non-episode related, I challenge you guys to go and listen to that album from where it was recorded there. Uh -huh. From, After the from gold the, rush is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm and Tony, uh, you know, I won't make you throw your earbuds but just if you want to give it a shot i'm just curious if it is a different perspective for you from this outing yeah i will definitely check it out and like i said i mean i know i'm harsh on this album and i really did not like it but mm -hmm. that's I, I honest don't, i don't dislike it yeah i really feel like this was like a uh a path to empathy for jeremy for when he listened to <laughs> you know like he doesn't dislike doing apple but he certainly didn't like that last album right so, um yeah, but I will listen to that, Paul, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Plus, on uh, after the Gold Rush, you have the song "Southern Man," and without that song, you would not get uh, the most famous Leonard Skinner song of all time, "Sweet Home yeah. Alabama." Yeah. Because that was the direct response to his "Southern Man." That's cool. But I would say don't choose "Little Wing" because Jimi Hendrix already had that, and it was much better. And then Stevie yeah. Ray solidified it as solid gold. Yeah, that wasn't the same song, though, was it? No, title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna no, say, going wait title. a minute. Don't take the title. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. musically, Little Wing was one of the most interesting. It was stripped down, but it just had such an interesting chord progression, and and it was really kind of a sweet tribute song. I hated the fact that it was called Little Wing, um, because there are other Little Wings out there, right. and I don't, you know. Um, but minor detail, I suppose. Yeah, when I saw that title, I was like, hmm, I don't know how this is going to go. Because I figured it was a cover, but it was not. So Yeah. Yeah. 
my uh, my notes on that one were: drink every time he says fall, and you'll be tipsy. Drink every time he sounds horrible, you'll be drunk. Either way, drink up before he brings the harmonica back. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you loved it? Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's do a round table here. We'll give it a score, and will we listen again? We'll start with you, Metalhead. What's your score? Um, I would say. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would say maybe 2.75. It's not quite middle of the road for me. It fell a little short. There's a lot of stuff that I like, but I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's not this album overall of stuff of his that I love is not really a standout. There's a few songs that I really enjoyed and I would maybe revisit those, but as a whole, probably not. <clears throat> Tony, I gave it a 0. 0.55. <laughs> um, That's a noble effort. Yeah, well, there were a couple songs <laughs> I liked. I said I will only listen again if I find myself captured and tortured by playing this album on repeat to get me to talk. And for the record, I will talk after the opening lines in a separate way. <laughs> Write that down. So, so the point uh, five. That's like the participation trophy. Is like, oh, you made an album. Here, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We we can't give a zero in our grade book. You have to give it. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. bronzed aluminum foil trophy. <laughs> JPP, what do you give it? I'm going to give it a, a solid three point two five. You know, um, there's some parts of it that. Again, like I said, there's always things that I pick and I love from Neil, and there's things that's like, okay, I'm going to move on. But by all means, it's awesome to kind of go back in time and hear some stuff that we didn't hear before or versions that we've never heard before. And, you know, uh, just the young, fresh Neil Young, the uh, enthusiastic and on fire individual, it's kind of great to, to kind of hear that again. Yeah, I kind of needed that in, in this uh, time. And, I will certainly listen again, and I'm going to go kind of surf through and find some other uh, music of his to to enjoy, especially the um, Crazy Horse era. Very good, nice. El Ray, you know, full full disclosure here. I, I listened to Homegrown at first when I was in Colorado, so it has a little bit of a connection there. I I wouldn't say I was paying like really close attention because they were kind of releasing some tracks, but we were kicking around in the mountains and and uh, you know. Neil Young was on in the background and I was kind of half listening, but once I got the headphones on really dug this album, um, you know, it's got, it's got Crosby stills, Nash and Young sounds for, you know, on vacancy. It, it's just got some really sweet moments. It's only 35 minutes of my life. I'll listen to it probably over and over again, including Florida. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, I, I just really like the tune, the instrumentation. It, it just kind of, you know, the feel for me is, kind of a warm summer night and that's where we're at right now. And, and maybe I'm just tired of the doldrums and being inside and, and all the crap that we've been going through lately, but I, I really enjoyed this record. I'd give it a four and a half. Cool. Nice. Okay. I'm going to probably give it a three out of five. And I, like I said earlier, I don't know that I'm going to listen to the full record again, but there really is something about his singing um, it's almost like a storyteller and it takes me to a different place. And I kind of just enjoy listening to that. I'm, I'm hearing a story. I'm hearing somebody's life, somebody's experiences, and I can kind of dig that. I, not at all times, but if I'm in the right space, 
like I was the other day, it really hits me and it's, and it's good stuff. Um, so I'm going to say three out of five. Don't know that I'm going to listen to it in its entirety, but um, in the right time, I do enjoy it. So that's mine. Groovy. Good stuff. <clears throat> All right. Well, guess what? We have no oh. review next week. We have no album. <laughs> I mean, you should probably listen to it, but... <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yes, we do. Monday, remind us what we have next week. We're going to be talking to two of the guys from Jack the Radio. I'm pretty excited about it. I really am. I When I discovered them after reading the comic, I started listening to several of their albums, and I'm, I'm digging their vibe. So, and their sound has definitely changed from album to album. So I think they've had some lineup changes and all that. So pretty cool. Awesome. I'm looking forward to my issue in the mail. Yeah. And the album is called Creatures. <clears throat> Correct. Yes, it is very good. So it's not going to be the typical format where we actually review the album. We're going to talk to the actual bandmates about the album, about the comic. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be a little departure from what we normally do, but um, I'm kind of excited. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. And before next week, if anybody wants to check us out, Monday, where can we find you? Uh, just hit me up on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. T-Bags. Wanderings and Wool Gathering, our Facebook page. That's pretty much where I'm at. That's awesome. Sounds nasty. It is. <laughs> JPP, where can we find you? You can also find me creeping around on the Wanderings and Wool Gathering Facebook page. Also, you can find me on Instagram under Just Plain Paul. How timely that we're speaking of Neil Young, because not too long ago, I did a little snippet cover of Sample and Hold. Uh, you can find mm -hmm. that in my uh, Instagram feed. There's a uh, vocoder and lots of robot video. It, it was a lot of fun to put together on a night of insomnia. Uh, Paul, what are you working on right now? Um, I'm working on, uh, wow, put me on the spot <laughs> here. I'm working on a remix for Beauty and Chaos. Yes. Which it's song? To, uh, I'm working on The Outside, which uh, features Ashton Knight. It's been an absolute blast to work with his vocals and to hear the raw tracks and, and just his magic in the various layers. It's just like, Wow. Uh, I watched a little bit of his live performance on Facebook yesterday, which was really cool. Just him and some instruments. And, uh, you know, he he just has a good dynamic range when he's singing to project over his instrument in a room setting. That was great. And when he was in the studio singing very hauntingly and intimately, also very good. So um, really doing a lot of sound design and and mangling some of the original sounds we'll, we'll cover that in an episode down the road and and just kind of go behind the scenes i'm really looking forward to chatting with you guys about that i'll, I'll really nerd out and you'll you'll want me to yeah. shut up but at the end <laughs> of the day um i'm happy with the sound so far it's feeling really good and um i just can't thank michael enough for the opportunity to do this what yeah. i have heard is fantastic i'll just yeah. say that it yeah. is. thank you well is the perfect man for this job well thanks i'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to having some fun with this for sure Yep. Yeah. And you guys should all go check out Ashton Knight's Facebook page where he's got that post that I listened to the entire thing. He played for over an hour and a half, played a six string, 12 string. They were Schecter guitars from his good buddy, Michael Cerevolo. Nice. Um, he was dynamite and he played a mm -hmm. lot of songs. It was really good. And that brings us to the last man in the lineup. He's a Cubbies man. Holy cow. Right. A really hairy 
Carey fan. <laughs> he flies the W flag upside down because he's Mexican. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right. Where can we find you? Uh, until I get the OnlyFans page up, I'm kind of tinkering with that. You can go to Instagram and uh, you can search <laughs> L Ray 4. And I have exclusive content that doesn't go on my other social media pages. How about that for a teaser? Nice. Woo-hoo. Makes me I'm, sound like a big shot. Something. <laughs> I, I'm just curious what your uh, rates and, and packages are for OnlyFans now. I'm still working out those details. So. <laughs> Pants. <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm... Foggy's pal. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram. Find me over at uh, breakthefourth.com. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, and at rock985.com. After you listen, don't forget to subscribe so you never, ever miss one of our episodes because you don't want to miss. Don't do it. You don't want to miss. And you actually want to become a Patreon member. And we'll provide that link. Until next time, next week with Jack the Radio, we'll see you then.